Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Minutes with Mute. Here as BC gears up for Florida State, now just a couple days away on Friday night at the Heights. Coming off a nice win, two in a row. A uh, nice win over Virginia down in Charlottesville. And Scott Mutrin joins us. He was on the sidelines for the BC IMG Radio Network. First of all, Scott, nice to win two games in a row. Always nice to have a winning streak. And it was it was nice for me to actually be in person to see the offensive explosion uh, that I got to see this time. I'd missed the last two games, the bowl game and then uh, the Louisville game I had missed. So I was pretty happy to actually be there to see it in live and in person, and uh, it was a pretty great sight to watch. So let's talk about that. What what was it exactly uh, that you saw in terms of just the macro level of the offense coming out strong against Virginia? Well, for me, I talk about this a lot during the broadcast, and for those that that you know aren't aren't listening in or don't tune in, third down conversion is is a really big factor for me, and especially for BC on offense because the way their offense is geared is that the more that they're on the field, the more effective they end up being later and later in the game. And you saw that in the Louisville game uh, a lot. But Virginia was a great example of this first series. They're pinned deep down in, the, you know, down in their own zone. It's third and eight where BC has struggled. And Virginia, going into that game, anytime they had opponents in third and six-plus was giving up an average of, 17% conversion on third down there. So BC is literally in a probably worst-case scenario, third eight on their own 10 or 11-yard line. And Anthony Brown uh, drops back to pass, doesn't have his reads open. He works the po- pocket, climbs up, uses his legs to get a first down. That was a precursor to a 15-play drive that gets them down and, o- and only gets them three points, but a 15-play drive where they, had, they were f- uh, four for five on third down conversion. When you do that, especially for BC and that offense, it allows them to be so much better. Because, like, I like to use the reference as a boxing match. It's not always the first shots that get you, but it's the, the body blows that constantly keep going. So they pay dividends as the fight goes on. Well, when you have long, sustained drives like that, it pays dividends as they go on. Because it's a lot tougher to tackle A.J. Dillon on his 20th carry than it is to tackle him on his fifth carry. And Anthony Brown did a great job using his legs in that first uh, series to get a first down, make some conversions, and then second series, the, you just saw what you haven't seen from the BC offense in a couple years. You see explosive plays. Thad Smith's 76-yard run on a jet sweep. Follow that up next series on third down. BCC's blitz. They run a Tom Coughlin special, which is a go screen to the perimeter. Chris Lindstrom makes a great block, and it's not a pancake, but he just gets just gets enough of Kobe White's guy to free him up, and then he's 70 yards down the chute as well. And when you see those big explosive plays like that, now all of a sudden you're up 17 to nothing. BC really just kept on rolling. And defensively, they got off the field on third down, didn't let Virginia convert. Virginia's passing game was really limited. Uh, they didn't get a lot of explosive plays down the field. They got a lot of pressure with their front four without having to, to blitz, which is great because then you can drop seven in coverage. Um, Harold Landry was you know, struggling with an ankle injury, didn't play a lot, played pretty much just on third down. But Wyatt Ray and Zach Allen were big factors in this game again. And then you see the linebacker play was pretty good starting out. As it got on, the game progressed. 
and the lack of depth kind of hurt because there were some missed tackles later in the game, and I think because of the heat that factored into it. But the defense did a really good job setting the tempo, getting off the field, and allowing the BC offense to get back on the field. And then you just go and kept it rolling for the most of the first half. They gave up a score at the end, and then you see something you haven't seen for BC a lot is coming out in the second half and going right down the field and scoring points. Immediately take all the momentum that you, uh, Virginia had going into halftime and turn it right back into BC's favor. They get three points, get a three and out, and then get another touchdown, and then the game for all intents and purposes was over after that. Scott, A.J. Dillon, Rookie of the Week last week against Louisville. Uh, Anthony Brown this week, past week, excuse me, against Virginia. Just talk about those young talents BC's has. And uh, especially as you as a former quarterback, have you ever had an experience when you're in the zone like Anthony Brown has been? And what do you think he's been like these last two weeks? Uh, well, he played, he missed, you know, obviously missed the second half of the Louisville game. And maybe that yep. lit a little fire under him. They she saw how well that offense could play. And he realized, Maybe take a little step back and just kind of do my job and just do uh, do what I do best and don't worry about everything else and trying to do something or be something you're not. And he was really confident, and he did a good job, I thought, not just throwing the football but working the pocket, using his legs to not just run but to find find some creases. He had a nice conversion in, in the second half, third down and eight, steps up into the pocket, looks around, he was just about ready to run, and he sees Michael Walker come through right across his vision, drops it off to Michael Walker for a big third-down conversion. That leads to another touchdown. And when you see plays like that and third-down conversions or big plays where he doesn't just panic and run, you're noticing the maturation process of a quarterback. And you see the abilities there, and he has it. Now you just need the consistency. So you see, like, this was a – Record in completions, record in yards, record in um, personal record in touchdowns for all of them. Now you got back-to-back freshman of the week on on offense. Excuse me, on offense for BC, and you see the ability to be there. Now as the young players come along, you need to see the consistency. But on top of that, BC is the only team in the country that's led in uh, their leading rusher, leading receiver, and leading passer are all freshmen. So to have that, it's exciting because, you know, to see that out on the field right now gives fans hope that this isn't just a one-year thing, hopefully. This is something to build on. you got some quality guys and some talented guys that are doing good things, not against, you know, no offense to the, to the Buffaloes or to the Wagners of the world, but you're doing it in ACC league play on the road with kids, and it's really exciting to see. And there's a lot of guys that are doing it. I, those guys, Kobe White and, and A.D., and A.J. Dillon get a lot of the pub, but you're seeing some other guys that are contributing as well on the defensive side. John Lamont, a redshirt freshman, uh, played, I thought played very well and has played very well. He missed some tackles at the end of the game uh, against Virginia, but, I, but he has a big pick six. You know, you got other guys stepping up and making plays, and there's a lot of young guys that are contributing. And it's amazing when you watch young players, it's confidence is one of those things. It, it, it can go quick and it can really kind of drip over in the negative side because once you lose it, all of a sudden all the negative stuff starts popping in your head. But if you get confidence on the positive side, that can roll over just as well. And what you're seeing right now is a very confident group that feels really good about where they're at and where they're going. Scott, take us behind the scenes on the sidelines during the game. You know, TV can't capture it. What are you seeing 
overall, you mentioned that confidence of the team uh, in the you know in the huddles on the sidelines with the coaches, the position coaches uh, during timeouts and on the plane ride home. Uh, has the team spirits improved a lot since the earlier part of the year? Right, winning winning cheers all. I mean, that's the biggest elixir out there, right? Everyone could say you could say, oh, we played great, but we lost. But winning winning cheers all those things. It makes everything feel better. It makes your your sub taste better. It makes your girlfriend look prettier. It makes the power <laughs> taste better. So those are the things that that really really matter. So if you if you're getting wins, that that really really helps. But as you mentioned in the sidelines, and that's a, that's, it's a good point, and a lot of people don't get to see that or feel that. You're seeing guys when they come off the field after successful drives, talking to each other, communicating. What are you seeing? What's happening? Good job on this play. Nice job picking that guy up. But even when you see the, the unsuccessful stuff, they're coming off and they're not dejected, and they don't have their heads down. It's heads up. They're communicating with their coaches. They're really kind of getting out there and be like, hey, we need to be better. I, I walk past the defensive huddle. You see Paul Pasqualani really getting into the defense. We need to tackle better. We need to tackle better. And it's fine when the coaches say it, but then when it's followed up by the players kind of picking up on that too and them encouraging others, like you said, like I said, is that confidence is an amazing thing. And when you have it, it really kind of leaks into all the other facets of your game. So a big game now, looking ahead, 4-4, four and four, chance to go above 500, three consecutive wins in the ACC, Friday night at the Heights. You know, and I think also it's, it, it's time for a big win at home. It seems like it's been a while, uh, really maybe since 2013 USC, where BC's had a big home win. Just I don't know why that is, but uh, just talk about what the atmosphere should be like Friday night. Well, it'd be great to have a huge atmosphere. It's a red bandana game, and everybody knows how much Wells Crowler means to, to the Boston College community, but how much he means to the football team as well. His family's going to be in attendance. It's a Friday night game, primetime game. You're the only game in town. If you're not fired up and ready to play in that game, then you don't have a soul, or you shouldn't be on the football field because that's, you know the crowd should be ready to go. Florida State you know, might be a crisp fall evening. They've had some struggles recently. They're a very, very talented team. Lost their quarterback, you know, Robert Francois earlier in the year, but they are, they played a very, very tough schedule, and they're a very talented team, and they're struggling on offense right now, but there's, there's still NFL players on both sides of the ball for those guys, so you really can't let up and just think it's going to be a cakewalk. BC really needs to go in there with that mentality that they've had the last couple weeks and go on the attack and not be afraid to make some plays, uh, throwing the ball down the field, um, hitting some big plays, standing in the pocket, running the ball downhill at them, and don't really give Florida State any of that confidence because Florida State is traditionally a a very good uh, front-running team. Louisville's the same way, and you could actually say the same for Clemson. Once they get a big lead, they can really rely on their talent and athleticism to really come at you and take you – from what's that, what's a 10-point game can turn into a 35-point game really quick. So you have to be able to weather that storm through them with their athletes and go out there and kind of take that spirit away from them. And they're struggling, and they're con- maybe their confidence is down. But if you can never give them a chance to get any momentum, really pound, you know, pound them on both sides of the ball and get them to the point where they're like, all right, you know, no, no moss, we're done, then – then it's great. But if you give those guys a chance to get a lead and really allow their athleticism and pressure to take over, then it's, it's just not an ideal situation for Boston College to be in. 
And then I was at Coach Adazio's Monday presser, press conference. He mentioned how thin they really are defensively, BC is. And you mentioned fatigue later parts of the game. Just talk about how important it is for the defense to, I guess, stay healthy, but also kind of keep your uh, keep your win and not get fatigued as much down the later stages of the game. Well, a lot of last week against Virginia and even Louisville, heat was a big factor. I mean, there you're talking 80, 80 degree weather, which is not not normal for this time of year. So the heat shouldn't be a factor on on Friday night because it should be by the time 50s. the yeah. stuff happens. I imagine you're going to have temperature in the fifties. Perfect, you know, perfect night for football. But you're looking at the def- the defensive side of the ball, and you're like, okay, they got two guys inside. Noah Merritt and Ray Smith play a lot of snaps. Um, and then you have Wyatt Ray, uh, Harold Landry's ankle's been bothering him, so he wasn't playing a lot, and then, of course, Zach Allen. So you, you don't have a ton of rotation with those defensive linemen. Linebackers, you've lost Max Richardson, you lost Connor Strahan, so you're already down two guys, and then there's Sharif Grice got hurt in preseason. So you're really, really down a lot of linebackers going into it. So you notice BC in the last two weeks has played a lot of nickel where you're only playing two linebackers. But those linebackers still have a lot, a lot of responsibilities going on with them. The secondary, I think, has been the glue for the defense this year um, on the back end to kind of help out with those linebackers, playing nickel, playing a lot of different guys out there. Lucas Dennis has had a great season. I think Cameron Moore has played, played very, very well. Um, Isaac Yidem has done really well. You see some guys really stepping up in the secondary to kind of help out that, that linebacking position. And obviously the defensive line. Your three best players on defense are probably on your defensive line with Harold Landry, Wyatt Ray, and Zach Allen. Um, I, I, I would say Zach Allen's probably the MVP of the defense so far. He's just done so many things, um, whether it's tackles, TFL, sacks, tip passes. Um, I'm sure a lot of that is because a lot of people are paying attention to Harold Landry. But to his credit, he's out there and he's making plays. So those guys, there's not a lot of depth, so there's not a lot of opportunity to rotate like they would normally do in the years past. So the biggest key to that, though, is as I talked before, it's it's the offense. If the offense can stay on the field and convert third downs or they can make the explosive plays like they did against University of Virginia, then that makes the defense's job a lot easier. So they, the offense can help that fatigue on the defensive side by staying on the field or when they're out there making some big plays and, and really turning the scoreboard. Well, Scott, it's a lot of fun. It's nice when you start winning. You get this momentum going. And uh, thanks again for joining us here in the Minutes with Mune. And hopefully we'll talk to you next week after three in a row for the BC Eagles. Yeah, hopefully. It's going to be a lot of people in the house uh, on Friday night, a lot of NFL scouts, and like you said, primetime game. It's going to be really exciting to see this, uh, you know, to see what happens in this confidence with uh, you know, that BC's playing with right now. And hopefully it's the home crowd's going to get to see it because they've done it the last two times on the road. But it's going, to be, uh, it's going to be great to get them out there in the home crowd and get them going and amped up, get the fans. Uh, hopefully they'll have some time to tailgate pregame so they'll be properly um, encouraged for the team with some, uh, with some momentum there, and that would be great. And, uh, you know, primetime television, you couldn't ask for anything like it. As a, uh, as a player in college, these are the games that you really – look forward to and the fact that it's florida state a team that's kind of had bc's number for the last couple years your chance to go hit them while they're down because you know what nobody feels sorry for you in college football and no one felt sorry when bc lost their quarterbacks when darius way got hurt and they had to play all the different quarterbacks in 2015 so 
as much as Florida State has those tough injuries, you got to be able to hit them while they're down and not no, no, no time to feel sorry for anybody out there. As I like to tell everybody, it's not show friends, it's show business. Hey, Scott, thanks again, and we'll see you Friday night and hear from you on the BC IMG Radio Network. Thanks, Mike.